nobody really knew what this place was. There's a lot of secrets in District 9. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 120 of the Rough Cut Retrospective, a podcast that talks about movies, TV, pop culture, and more amidst the apocalypse. I am your co-host, Jackson, along with me, the man from outer space. He's very prawn-like. He's got buggy features. It's Carter Sims. You got some cat food lying around, Jackson? I know you do. (laughs) You can sniff it. I probably could. No cats in the room today, by the way. No cats in the room. Holy cow for now. Yeah. Yeah. That won't last. Yeah. What's up? Um, How you doing? I am so good. Um, It's been a really shitty day in Chicago. Uh, Rainy, haily, sleety, snowy. Uh, It's been a lot. But I'm seeing Ant-Man tonight, so we'll Woo-hoo! see if that cures Fine. me. Or maybe it won't. I don't know. Reviews. We'll talk about that later down the pipe. <laughs> but uh, how are you doing? I am doing well. I lost money on IU this week. Oh, don't remind me. The Super Bowl happened. Oh, yeah, that happened. I think since the last time we talked. True. Yes. I won money, money off the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. What'd you win? Uh, I, bet on, yeah. uh, I bet on Kelsey to score a touchdown. That's uh, free money right there. It really is. I did that. I bet on he- uh, Tails. One off that. <sighs> Tails so, never fails. I should have done it. Yeah. But other than that, I should have bet the over also, but didn't do yeah, that. Yeah, that was a crazy game. Rihanna yeah. halftime show, what'd you think? Oh, amazing. Really good. The the, uh, the staging, the direction of it. Awesome. And it was live. I was like, holy it, cow. It cool. opened with like just like the shot of her, like just like close up on her face. And I was literally like, Oh, that's kind of disappointing. Like, there's no big reveal, and then it panned out to her, like on like, like this floating. <laughs> floating. I, was like, I was like, oh my god, that's actually crazy, dude. It was um, crazy. Yeah, um, I enjoyed it. It was pretty good. Yeah, it was good. Commercials um, were lacking. I will say. Yeah, they were okay. They're um, fine. There's the the one that made everyone freak out. The the one where people were looking for the, the remote. T- it was like happened. the Tubi one. Or the Tubi like commercial. That. Yeah. Yes, that one. Yeah, was they fun. got us. That tricked us. Um. Yeah, they were they were okay. Um. A lot of celebrities again this year. That was about it. Yeah. Uh, no good Doritos ones this year. Bummer. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we digress. And we're kind of already doing it. But uh, Jackson, tell me something, boy. Tell me something, boy. What were you into other than the Super Bowl, which happened? Um, A lot. I watched The Last of Us episode five this week. It oh, is phenomenal. Keeping pace. Have you watched any of it? Nope. I'm going okay. to... Uh, Next week, I'm doing a lot of traveling next week, so I'll be on planes and I'll maybe download some. Okay, and, uh, yeah. Take a this, look at that. I think was my favorite episode so far, which is saying a lot because I think I think the like the bar is very high up. It's hard. This is, this is like a consistently really good show. Sick. Um, I watched The Fast and Furious last week in oh. preparation for uh Cody and Corbin have a podcast. We are doing this like weird series where. I'm going to binge all of them and then it's going to be like one episode. So I watched that and then we did like a 10 minute recording, which is super fun. That'll come out in like, I don't know, three months, probably. I don't know. <laughs> Incredible. Um, it's really weird. I was not expecting there to be like an undercover cop storyline to that. I was very kind of shocked by that, but also I was pleasantly surprised by like, it wasn't good, but I was entertained and like, I don't know, like i I know it's going to go up just because like it gets stupider, but I, I feel like it's like in like a fun way, but I think yeah. it's going to suffer for a couple before I get to a good place. Yeah. I was, um, um I was just going to say that um, 
it's like it starts off like very kind of like ground level uh-huh. and then it really gets absurd like you're going yeah. to be in for a ride um i think yeah. it gets good at fast five that's my take on it um although i haven't seen tokyo drift but i hear that one is loved amongst fans but yeah we'll see good good on you fast and furious guy yeah is that it um no i got i got a lot more oh uh, baby I read, hit me. i finished reading frank miller's I, I read a comic book, Frank Miller's Batman Year One, oh, which is uh pretty good. I like, okay. I enjoyed it. Nice. Uh, I rewatched the Lego Movie last night. Nice, solid, very fun movie. And uh, the other day was Valentine's Day, of course. And and uh, yeah, and so instead of doing like dinner on Valentine's Day, we went the day after, and we went to this place that we really like. And it just like they were like, "Oh, are you here for the trivia?" And we were like, "What trivia?" And they were like, <gasps> "Harry Potter trivia." And we were like, "Oh no!" You're like, and we were really like, kind of dressed up nice. And then we walk into this room, <laughs> and there's just like tacky decorations and people in robes and like Harry Potter <laughs> music playing. And it was like really weird, but the food was good. But yeah, it was it was funny. But yeah, did you play I, trivia? No, we left before that started. Um, <laughs> we were in and out. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm kind of tired of Harry Potter right now. <laughs> I, I don't want to be around it. Um, but, yeah, Carter, what about you? What are you into this week? What? Fantastic Beasts? Exactly. Didn't do it for you? No, it did not. <laughs> Jackson, tell the people quickly what we're talking about today since we <laughs> didn't do that. Yeah, for for our uh, RCR Top 100, we are reviewing District 9, Neil Blomkamp. So it should be, should be good. But first, Carter, tell me something, boy, for you. Amazing. We're back. Seamless. <laughs> um, I watched a couple of things this week as well. Uh, I rewatched The Menu uh, with, Ooh, okay. uh, with Will and Rachel. We're visiting this week. And uh, our Fun. friend Roman, we watched The Menu. Rachel hated it. Really? It a big bummer. Because we were hyping it up because Will, Roman, and I really love The Menu. I think you do, too. Yes. It's fun. I really enjoy it. Yeah. And she was like, that was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And we were like, really? oh, that is tough. <laughs> she needs to see worse movies because there's, I don't think it's that bad. I know it's tough. I would say it's is, quite good. This is coming from the girl who didn't know who Tom Hanks was for a, a short time. So we we'll need to get her some, on the pod. That's for sure. We should. Her, yeah, her and Jacob on the pod would be quite something. Um, so rewatch that. That was great. Uh, I went and checked out Knock at the Cabin in theaters. Nice, the, uh, nice. New M. Night Shyamalan. And? Uh, I will say it was just fine. And I think Aww. Batista really elevates it. Uh, what about Rupert Grant? Was he good? He was good. I thought all the performances were were pretty good. I thought that the movie took a slip towards the end of the movie, mm. unfortunately. But it had me guessing the whole time and it was interesting to watch. And I thought the performances were good. So, And Batista, I'm so glad that he's like getting to spread his wings and doing things because he was really just... Excellent. Excited to see him in more stuff, not Drax. Um, yeah, same. Yes. Uh, and then I watched a movie purely for the weird press that it was getting. I don't know if you saw the Netflix premiere of a movie called Your Place or Mine. And it's a movie starring Ashton Kutcher and Reese Witherspoon. I've seen on Twitter the photos on the red carpet and it just looks like they're having a miserable time. <laughs> yes. And that's the holy reason that I watched this movie. <laughs> and uh, it was quite bad. I will okay. say quite poor. Uh, so I had to just check that out for that. It's a silly old rom-com and uh, man, Netflix really just 
is not going to set not going to stop on just very mid rom-coms so good for them that's their bread and butter now um so yeah that was uh i think that was about it yeah sweet pretty pretty chill week for me so so yeah um amazing jackson do you want to take us into uh the big boy the big segment let's move into i'm ready for my close-up all right mr demille i'm ready for my close-up all right. So, as I mentioned earlier, we are discussing District 9. We're coming to you from the entrance of District 9, the refugee camp set up to separate aliens from the general population. They told me I was going to get a vest. Don't worry about the vest, it'll be fine. In the new agents, open the door, please. This is an amazing fight. I haven't seen this type of setup. I don't know. This has got the markings there of, uh, so it's it's definitely alien, but uh, it's uh, it's not a weapon. We're seeing heavily armed forces being deployed into District Nine. Nobody really knew what this place was. Find the freak. It's going to be quick. It's going to be clean. Best of all, it's going to be quiet. There's a lot of secrets in District 9. Uh, Which was directed by Neil Blomkamp, and it came out in the crisp year of 2009. Very exciting stuff. The logline is... Violence ensues after an extraterrestrial oh my goodness extraterrestrial race forced to live in a slum like conditions on Earth finds a kindred spirit and a government agent exposed to their biotechnology. I, mm. It's it's an okay summary, I think. It's all I right. think so. Yeah. I uh, before I just have to mention, I watched a trailer for uh-huh. District Nine today, and it's very misleading to like what the movie totally. is. Like, yeah, it doesn't really make sense to what the movie is at all. It's pretty wild. Anyway, yeah. I digress. Back to you. The cast includes uh, featured Shartlow Copley, who is uh, Vickis, uh, David James, who is Kubis Vinter, Jason Cope, who is Christopher Johnson, the the uh, alien, and Gray Bradnim, who is one of the guys being interviewed in like he's like one of the like experts in the documentary. So he he does a double role there. Gotcha. Uh, Vanessa Haywood, who is Vickis's wife, uh, Tanya, and then Louis uh, Minar, who is Piet Smith, who is Vickis's father-in-law. Those are like the main characters. Dang. Um, that, was that the hardest uh, name pronunciations we've ever had to do? Probably. Uh, on this show? Because they're <laughs> that all... Was, that was pretty tough. They're all South African <laughs> names. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was a little difficult. Um, box office. Yeah, show me the money! This movie had a budget of $30 million, which is pretty low, I think, considering its ambitions and, and what it accomplishes. For sure. Um, and has the worldwide gross of $210 million. Oh, nice. Change, almost $211 million. Um, When was the first time you saw this, Carter? The first time I saw this was uh, in college. Mm-hmm. I believe I was a junior. I remember okay. I watched it in Wells Library. 
Cool. Uh, All right. I was supposed to be studying for something and I was hitting a wall and I was like, I've always wanted to watch this. I'm going to watch this right now. And uh, it reinvigorated my studying juices, well, I suppose. Go. But but yeah, um, I thought it was really cool. And unlike any sci-fi I'd ever seen before. So I'm glad I watched it. What about you? Yeah. I watched this in high school. Uh, oh, I, I wish I knew more about like the context and when which I found it. But I'm pretty sure I just like bought it on my iPad and then just like watched it. Like, I think I own this movie digitally. Very nice. Um, and I also really, really enjoy this. Sci-fi has always been like probably my favorite genre. So mm-hmm. this was like obviously like one that you have to check out if you're into it. And yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, do you have any initial thoughts on the film? Uh, just upon rewatch, I don't think I'd rewatched it since college. Um, yeah, I don't so think I've rewatched it recently at all either. Yeah, so I popped it in today. Um, there was some stuff that didn't mesh with me as hard as when I first watched it upon rewatch, and I think you agree with that, perhaps. Um, but I still think it was really cool and inventive in the mm-hmm. things that they do in the movie. It's not just a sci-fi movie. It's a sci-fi movie that's like saying something and set in our present time and has a lot of layers and metaphors in there for sure of when the time it came out, obviously. So, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about that in detail a little later, but, uh, but yeah, I just thought it was really neat and not a, uh, a sci-fi you would typically look for, I would say. But what are totally. you? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think this is like a really interesting turn on the classic, like alien invasion story. And it shows like and like i feel like usually in like an alien invasion story like they're like malicious or whatever and like and humans are are like bad towards them but like it's almost like a justified evil towards them and like the audiences are almost supposed to rally behind them sometimes but this Mm -hmm. isn't that like this is kind of just a really interesting way to discuss like apartheid in south africa but like through the lens of an alien invasion And, and i think that's like sometimes ham-fisted and i'm sure we'll get into that a little bit too it's like a little heavy on the metaphors at times yeah um but i think it also for like a white savior movie that came out at the time of a lot of white savior movies and i'm talking like king like the king and queens of white savior movies which we'll get into later i think this does that trope correctly Hmm. and i think i think that they they explore in some interesting ways so i'm excited to get into that you um, first i want to take us down a little uh memory lane in our great scott segment great scott. and uh yeah i'm just gonna list off some stuff that some movies that were released in 2009 maybe you give me your good or bad take on them and i'll, and I'll just go down them okay. uh, the proposal good avatar good but i know you're bl- you're like a huh so. yeah i'm like eh. the yeah. blind sign Okay, that's as white savior as it can get. I mean, and Avatar. That, and, I think Avatar yeah. is maybe more egregious, but like the blind yeah. side is also really bad. It's rough. But I, I still enjoy it, I guess. But I guess it's I don't enjoy it for its real life implications. That's for sure. Fair uh, enough. Yeah. Up. Oh, a major dub. Yeah. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Is Up a white savior movie, by the way? Uh, <laughs> sure. Why not? Sure. Um, Fantastic Mr. Fox dub, yeah. Star Trek, the like reboot. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, that was yeah. fine. Yeah. X Men Origins Wolverine. Oh, major dub, of course. No, that was <laughs> that's the lowest of the low there. Ooh. Uh, Inglorious Bastards dub. G Force. 
<laughs> man i haven't seen g-force in a long time i saw um, that in theaters good for you um <laughs> nicholas cage is in that right yeah yeah i think so good for him dub why not <laughs> the hangover dub until the others came out and paul blart mall cop oh l bummer although i <laughs> it's charming <laughs> those are some pretty weird i don't know i think this is like a very interesting year of movies 2009 weird year um moving on to the popular songs of 2009 these are like the top like five I, I think i took away some of the repeating songs from repeating artists but we have boom boom pow by the black eyed peas at number <laughs> one poker yes. face by lady gaga nice love story by taylor swift single ladies with beyonce and right round by Flo rida what a year <laughs> yes i was bumping to those in sixth grade for sure totally incredible love that. and then uh i just wanted to get into some pop culture moments really quick too this Ooh. is the year of the balloon boy fiasco where like <laughs> Where, like, there's wow. that guy who lied that his boy was in this balloon and caused, like, a ton of... Uh, it cost, like, the police, like, thousands... Hundred, like, not hundreds, but, like, tens of thousands of dollars to trace down this balloon. And there, like, actually wasn't a kid in it. Kind of crazy. Incredible. Uh, the Kanye West moment of, yo, Taylor, I'm really happy for you. I'll let you finish. But oh, Beyonce wow. had one of the best albums of all time. That's that's in this year. Um, we had John and Kate Goslin break up from John and Kate plus eight. Oh, that was earth shattering. And then I of course that. we had some fleeting stars in the Octomom and <laughs> Susan Boyle. They both had their moments in this year. Oh, Susan Boyle. Wow. That was a long time ago. Holy right? cow. Sheesh. Susan Anyways. Boyle. What a woman. Um, moving into the pre-production of this stuff of, uh, district nine, I, mm. I, I want to get into some interesting stuff with this because this has a shocking history to it. Ooh, okay. Um, so Peter Jackson, you may be familiar with him, uh, mm-hmm. planned to introduce a film adaptation of the Halo video game with Neil Blomkamp. Oh, okay. This is what he brought him on to do. There was a lack of financing, and so they placed the adaptation on hold, and they were like, look, I'll give you $30 million to do whatever you want. And he's oh. like, all right, I'm going to make District 9. Uh, so in doing huh. so, they reused a lot of the props and like items that were used uh, that were intended for the Halo project. Like that like just got put into District 9. Whoa. That's which makes a lot of sense whenever you look at some of the weapon design, I think. I did think of that when I was watching it. I was like, a lot of these elements in like the giant yeah. mech suits and stuff like feels mm-hmm. a lot like, like Halo. Okay, oh, interesting. I'll get to that too. Oh, boy. Um, so Blancamp had only directed commercials and short films before uh, making District 9, which was his debut feature film. Wow, what a debut. Um, him and his wife co-wrote the script. And most importantly, the premise of District 9 was established from Neil Blancamp's 2005 short film, Alive in Joburg. Have you seen this sh- short film? No, I have not. It is five minutes and it is literally directly inspired from this movie. It is like the same found footage um, type show. Here, I'll actually drop it if you want to. Oh, yeah. I'll take a look, look over it. it while I while I describe it. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm just making you edit more. No, I love this. If you just want to look at it while I discuss. Yes. Um, yeah. So, so like this short film kept the same documentary style filming um and like the alien designs were obviously like not cgi but they had like the like tentacle prawns and like their faces were blurred out so like same type of uh evoke like 
it evoked the same type of look and stuff with that too hmm. um the aliens had their mech suits and we're walking around with them more in this short film which is like a callback to this movie where we see the mech suit at the very end and they did have this like telekinetic ability within the mech suit which like uh during the the movie we see like it absorb all these bullets and like catch them and like shoot them out so like that's kind of like a callback to that which i think is really cool sick um and more importantly uh they reuse some of the actors and Charlo Copley is in the short film. Oh nice. And then they bring him back for the movie, which is really cool. Love that. Um but yeah, like super weird, super interesting. I, yeah. I think that's kind of cool. Um the film was uh inspired by Neil Blomkamp's childhood in South Africa during apartheid. Hmm. Um and then the title is a nod to a real place and a real incident, District Six um which was a mixed race neighborhood in cape town um which the apartheid government demolished um in 1966 to make room for whites um yeah so there's like obviously like a lot of fucked up stuff about apartheid i don't think i'm the i do not understand it enough to even begin (laughs) to explain it so i'm just not going to fair out of respect because i feel like i am just going to i don't know i i'm not the person to to smart try to attempt that um but <laughs> um the filming for district nine took place during the winter of johannesburg in johannesburg um according to director neil blunkamp uh he said it actually looked like chernobyl a nuclear apocalyptic wasteland and he wanted to capture that like bleakness um in the atmosphere in that too and like the filming took 60 days to shoot um and then also i just have a couple more things uh blanc camp originally sought to have weta digital design the creatures but the company was busy doing avatar at the time tough uh yeah which came out the same year um so they they switched it up with a different uh group of people and again they're obviously on like a very small budget but it should be noted that every alien in the movie except for the dead ones in the medical exam room uh-huh. were all cgi which is i think i mean like it shows cool. a little bit, but I think it's pretty impressive. I actually wondered if that was like mocap or, or CGI. So that's it, pretty cool. It, it is mo like they do do motion capture performances with it, but it is like CGI throw it on top of it and stuff. Got too, it. Which is which is pretty cool. <laughs> but yeah, um, moving on to you did it. Congratulations. You did it. Congratulations. Carter, what works for you in this movie? A few things. Um I mentioned it at the beginning that it's just a different kind of alien movie. Um, and you mentioned it also. Like, I feel like in most alien sci-fi movies, like the aliens are just, it's just verbatim. This is the good guys. These are the bad guys. Mm-hmm. The the humans are the, the good guys. And these aliens are here to destroy us. And we got to stop them. Like you get yeah. your independence days and things like that. This takes a very different turn um, in terms of just like the the themes of like, you know, gentrification and immigration and uh and the racism parallels obviously um interesting like in that opening like monologue or like prologue type with all the news footage and stuff when one of like the talking heads or whatever just a resident of johannesburg is just like if they were from another country we might understand but they're from another Mm -hmm. planet i was like "Ooh, okay this is this is something um and like they call them prawns just because like yeah well they look like prawns so like they're just profiling them. I thought that was interesting in the whole like eviction plot. Mm-hmm. Like they're just literally evicting these aliens from a place that they that just is so normal and like unfortunately like very familiar and 
really uh ground level stuff so that was very um very telling for me um and then just i th- military actions in the wake of the bush administration is just a is a there's just some tough stuff in there too about and i'll get to this kind of when we pick nicks pick nits but the military just is always just an asshole in these movies and they're just like mm-hmm. very very asshole stuff and just the practices of you know, torture and experimentation and how we're treating these people. Um, for some reason, I've been watching a lot of like Iraq war documentaries lately. Oh, no. <laughs> and uh, it's just, I got a lot of it on the, on the, on the dome right now. Um, so yeah, I, I found that as well, but what about you? You got, you got some stuff. Yeah. I just want to say like, I think whenever the documentary footage approach works really well, it works really well. Yeah. Like I think like the intro and like kind of like explaining like that we're like 20 years or like 28 years into this invasion invasion or whatever. And like the documentary, the way it's like posed is like almost from like a slanted angle too of like anti-alien like Mm -hmm. approach to which i think is really fascinating and i i think it's really cool too in the beginning where it sets up vicus and then it like kind of cuts to the future of everyone's perspectives of this guy and like it's like slandered he's he's been like this he's like the scapegoat of this whole thing and of course like it gets into like how like the media like turns him into this like the government and the media turns him into this like boogeyman so that like because he's he's like they're, they're lying to the public basically. And so it's, it's really interesting to see how this documentary footage incorporates like the story and like the different angles of like what's actually happening. I, I thought that was pretty neat. And like, obviously like the backstory of them being like refugees almost to coming in, I think yeah, was really neat. The lore building is, it's a good way yeah. of just like showing your audience instead, like mm-hmm. not just telling them stuff. It's a good entry point for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that that aspect was really good um do you have others or can i go through some uh uh just um i just the like again just all the subplots of like oh we're just using them for weapon manufacturing and and, mm-hmm. and and things like that the corporation and of war and things like that um just again another a lot of prescient stuff there and then just upon rewatch i hadn't really remember this yes there's cgi elements but like the John Carpenter esque effects. Yeah, I was about Vic- to say this. Of Vicus, like yeah, with the actual tangible hand, and then like his back and shoulders are getting uh-huh. all messed up, and like he's picking the oh, he picks the fingernails it's, off. It's of so his. good. It, that's so scary, and like he pulls his teeth out. Yeah, and you're like, oh, like it's <laughs> it's visceral, and you can feel it. I love that. Like it reminded me of the thing when I was rewatching it, and. uh and it was, uh, yeah, I just love the slow transformation of that. Yeah. And all that works really well for me. But And what a fun twist to have, like, like instead of, like, because I, I guess I can talk about this next. Like, like this is, like, a white savior movie, mm-hmm. like, in, in a lot of ways. But I think the way it handles Vickis is, like, really interesting compared to, like, let's say, like, like compared to, like, Jake Sully, who at the same time is, like, doing a sci-fi white savior movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Vickis is not rewarded for doing the right thing. Um, he, he doesn't become king of the Navi. He, he become like, he becomes like the thing that he does not like. Cause like, he is not a good person at all in this. Like he, he, Oh yeah. He double crosses and he double crosses. He's selfish. He's racist. He literally is casually like, Oh yeah. By the way, you don't want to go there. It's like a concentration camp. And like, he's totally fine knowing that like the whole time. 
Mm-hmm. And like it doesn't sit with his con- like his conscious, even though he can like connect these like moral issues. Like he's like, oh yeah, this is basically a concentration camp, and I have no problem working for these guys. Yeah, he's just a foot it's- soldier. Yeah, yeah, and he's a moron. And like the way he got this job too is like through nepotism, through his father-in-law, mm-hmm. and like there's just a lot of interesting things with that. But like the idea, the idea that like, um, he he's not like because he doesn't like earn his accolades and like he do, he's not rewarded. He's like almost like the anti-chosen one. Yeah. And like and this kind of story, which I think is really interesting. But yeah, again, like the fading into anonymity and like having that last shot of him like fully as like an alien playing with like the metal flowers that he makes for his wife it, it is so it's such an interesting way to end this movie that like most movies would never even dream of doing something like that. And I think that's really fascinating. Yeah. That's my, that's my only last point on what works. It's just, I just love the implications of the ending. Cause I know there was talk for a while and there still might be of a sequel of, of a sequel of district yeah. 10. Um, but I think it's like good the way it ends. Cause like, you don't know if they're going to come back and like mm-hmm. the aliens are going to come back and you know, or if fuck- they do with what intent, yeah, like are they gonna come back and fuck everyone up, or are they is is Christopher gonna actually come back and you know help him yeah. cure him? But I like the way it ends, so I don't know if that's still going on with District Ten. I haven't really looked into that, but uh, but yeah, yeah, that's all I got. Do you have a favorite scene? Uh, I wrote a few down. We already talked about the prologue a little bit, just uh-huh. setting that whole lore up and creating the lore and talking about this invest like talking about Vickis in the past tense and you're like, Oh, why are we, why are we doing that? Setting up this character. Um, I like all that. Um, I just find the whole eviction scene. They go into the, yeah. they go into the district and then the contamination, all of that. Yeah, I don't know. This has got the markings there of, of, uh, so it, it's definitely alien, but it's, uh, not a weapon, but I don't trust it. You know, I don't trust anything. That- <laughs> You're right, bro. Vickers, you're right, eh? Just switch it just turn it Up until when they search Christopher's house. That whole segment is just really fascinating. Just watching mm-hmm. them go in there and you start to get a feel of like how the how the prawns live in there and like it's a slum and you kind of get like the underground criminal belly of it. So I, that's one that stands out to me. I have a few honorable mentions, but I'll throw to you for ones that you like also. Yeah. I really like the kind of turn of where he's like in the, like uh, it's like the military bases, like med unit. And he's like stripped down and like strapped into this table and he's talking to people and he's like reaching for help. And like, everyone's kind of just turning on him mm-hmm. and they see him as not human, but also as like a way for them to get their weapons and yep. like the whole like testing sequence is like really fascinating. And he's like trying to cooperate and they keep tasing him over and over again. When he says like, he'll pull the trigger, he'll pull the trigger. Hey, that fucking broad, man. I'll shoot a pig. I'll shoot, sir. Listen, I'll shoot a pig again for you. I'll pull the trigger, but I'm not shooting that broad. You hear me? I'm dying. Fucking God, man. 21, the human hand. That's good. It worked. Just I'm dying. This is you can't use the real guy. He didn't do anything to you. I want to do it. Everybody standing by. Here we go. Like even like whenever they don't have to be dehumanizing, they are. And I think that's like a really 
interesting turn for him to kind of see what it's like. Um, even though like he still doesn't really learn his lesson, like later through the movie, he still double crosses and tries to make sure that he he's only concerned about himself in a lot of ways. But that whole scene too, whenever they bring out like an actual alien and he's like begging not to kill them, and, like he's like, I'll shoot a pig, but like yeah, don't do this. Like he didn't do anything wrong. I I, I don't know. I, I think it shows too something really interesting of like you can have these horrible systems and horrible participants, but even like the people who are doing those things are sometimes just like just cogs in the machine a little bit. And I think, I don't know. I think that's kind of interesting. And he's, he's slowly realizing it a little bit in Uh, in those moments. Just an honorable mention before that scene, uh, when he walks into the surprise party and he's like, I might've crapped my pants. And then they're like, surprise (laughs) lights turn on. That scene is really good too. Like whenever he throws up on the cake and like, Oh, the black. Yeah. Oh Yeah. And everyone's like, what the hell? And he's just like, still trying to cut the cake. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah, that is tough. Um, I like the first also interaction when when Vickis goes and meets Christopher and his and his son. He's like uh-huh. is in like the ship, that piece of the ship that fell off the mothership. They're like, it's been here this whole time. And and the little the baby's like, oh, they're looking at his arm. And he's like, we're the same. And you're like, he's like, no, uh-huh. we're, we're not the same. We're not the yeah. same. Um, so I like that that moment, and then they kind of start to hatch their plan. They're gonna go raid the MNU and and get all that, which is also an awesome scene. Um, because the guns, I just have to say, the guns are sick. They the are we- cool. The weaponry, like there's like that sonic boom gun when he goes. To that the one's my favorite. Dealer. I think I really like that one. That one is cool. And then like that's when he learns like he can, or he remembers he can handle the weapons and yeah. starts to to pop off. Um, I like that one. The one that just like shoots people and just like, they explode. I got to say, I mean, that one's the most ridiculous one. I think well, they yeah, use that one ridiculous. a little too much. Cause it's almost like, it's just know. cool to watch. That's, it's so that's all goofy. That is. Like, I feel like they could have used that a couple times less, but like, in like in theory, I did like it. Yeah. But, I, I just, I just thought that was really cool, but yeah, the whole rating, the MNU and uh-huh. then like Christopher discovers the bodies and the, the, the research that they're doing yeah. on the bodies. And like freezes up, and then that's when it all changes because he's like, "I can cure you now, and then we'll be chill." But then he's like, "I gotta go." Yeah, this I gotta is... help my people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so all that, and then the double cross is tough to watch, also, because you're just like, "Oh," because you think he's like a good guy, and then he's like, yeah. "Oh, three years? It's gonna take you three years to come back and save me," and then he like knocks him out and tries to escape, and it doesn't yeah. go well. So, yeah, yeah. Do you have a favorite quote? Um, I wrote down, uh, always remember that a smile is cheaper than a bullet. Jeez. Uh, yeah. It's just like, it's hard to hear. It's like in, it's just like a little voiceover. In, is like, it like the a MMU. training video? Yeah. It's just like going yeah. off in like the, in the Humvee or something. I thought I was like, oh God, that's, that's a good. That's one. honestly like very, like, yeah, that's like a good summation of like the tones of this movie too. <laughs> yeah. I think that's really good. Yeah, that's 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 mine. What about you? Uh, I just have the. There's not like a ton of like really quotable moments in this movie, which is yeah, kind of really interesting. Isn't. Yeah, um, but I like the no, we stick together. I'm not leaving you here, Christopher Johnson. What a stand up guy. What a good guy. Um, he's a good dude. The the two honorable mentions I have are it's the sweetie man when he's coming in with the the sweet. <laughs> he's like, yeah. oh, it's the sweetie man. Yeah, when uh, he's going door to door. And then he's on the phone with his wife and he's like, I would never have any kind of pornographic activity with a fucking creature. I was like, that's just, 
great line yeah because they there. smear him that he's like having sex with these guys yeah they put it on the the news they photoshop they it out and you're like oh my god <laughs> that is tough i do need yeah. to i just also wanted to mention that the final scene of him just getting in the in the mech and popping off on everybody it's cool yeah saving chris like it's just a cool scene him walking around and blowing up people's heads and stuff and um uh, i said this in my review today on letterbox when i rewatched uh-huh. it but uh charlotte copley's yellow eye uh, in the mech suit, the close-up on it in 2009 looks better than Benedict Cumberbatch's forehead eye in 2020. <laughs> oh, it absolutely does. Totally. So, shout out to the visual effects. Whenever I was there. watching that, do you think that like the like Iron Man, which came out the year before, I think, like mm. did that inspire their shots or like were mm. they not? I, I don't know. Like that is such a like specific yeah. thing that I feel like exists post Iron Man. I don't know how frequent it was before then, but like. Well, if it was if the short film came out before Iron Man and they had those mech suits, they didn't have they didn't they had the mech suits, but they didn't have like the POV of like inside the mech suit. Like that's like such a specific thing that I think is really interesting. Interesting, yeah. I wonder because all that, yeah, all those things flashing around. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, maybe it's a really good shot. I think that stuff looks really good. But that's cool. But also, yeah, we'll get into that too. Speaking of Houston, we have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. What could have been better? Um, so the found footage narrative, yes, uh, it's a great setup, and then totally, it's, it's a, just a little, it's a little frustrating and kind of confuses you. And it's just when it jumps around to like the non diegetic filmmaking, yes, and when yes. it hops around because, like, because then the, the logic like, isn't there, no, because like you have news footage like over it, and then like you cut to like just the perspective of like uh Vicus, and then you see the the pro, and you're like. It's a little jarring and it, the, the logic doesn't track at times. And I wish they I just agree. like abandoned it. Like a great setup for the, the beginning and then bring, bring it, it back, back for the, the back. end. I agree. That would, uh, it just was. Uh, yeah. That's... Yeah. I think my biggest issue with it is like, they will cut to stuff where, you know, a camera crew is not there for like within the logic of the story, mm-hmm. but like, it still has the shaky cam approach. Like I, if obviously I'm not doing this, but like, if I were them, I would have just put it on like, amount like yeah. don't do don't do shaky like handheld footage for mm. when you're just like i don't know i thought that was really weird but there's there's like this aerial shot at the end of the movie when um the main bat whatever the main baddie military guy's name yeah. is is getting ripped apart by the prawns uh-huh. and it looks like it's being filmed like from a news like helicopter and you're like they would not be filming this right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah just a lot of that logic didn't didn't track for me but totally but i think that's just good bookends if they would have done that i think it would have totally. been uh better um i mentioned the asshole military over the top thing uh-huh. which we also got an avatar this year he's just like when the when your military guys are like are like stepping on the throat of prawns and they're like oh i can't believe i get paid to do this you're like oh, yeah that okay. was a bit much like it's like, a little right. it's, it's a little much like you can be assholes i get it but i think if you do it in a subtle way it like has more of an effect like it felt like comical yeah it, like it almost took out. away from the point it was trying to like make you know what i mean like i feel like, like whenever you do that stuff it kind of undermines the message you're trying to deliver yeah totally and oh. then my last one and then i'll throw to you if you have any is just when you put text at the end of a movie describing what's happening in a fictitious world, it is weird. It's, but again, it, it is the documentary, but so like, yeah, it kind of makes sense. But it is weird. 
but yeah, because then like it reads like, and now 2.5 million proms are in, are in District 10, which it like almost changes the narrative of the documentary because it's yeah. like, it's it's weird. Um, I always am irked by that when when you do that in movies about fictitious, and I get that it's the narrative the of the documentary, effect. but the sand lot effect. <laughs> um, but that that that's all I I got. What about you? Um, I again just wanted to talk. I said white savior in a year of white savior movies. Yep. Um, we talked about the documentary aspect whenever it doesn't work, and I think that's honestly like the biggest issue I have with this movie. Um, the very, I would say very borderline super racist depiction of Nigerian people is like super weird. And they're movie. just warlords and cannibals and... into like voodoo magic stuff. It was, yeah, I, it, I thought it was very weird. A little rough. It does not hold up. Um, <laughs> no, that's not was like a up. different time, man, but like, really was. oh man. Um, and I didn't even remember all that stuff when like looking yeah. back, like I didn't remember that the documentary stuff carried on throughout the whole movie. I didn't uh-huh. remember all of those elements. Yeah, I thought it was, was just like, the intro too. I forgot about that. Yeah. So yeah, I'm with you there. But yeah. And then of course, just like the budget, like again, it's doing a lot for like the budget that it has, but specifically Certainly. with the mech suit, mm-hmm. like whenever it like first is introduced, like uh, whenever we're in like the Nigerians like base or whatever, like it mm-hmm. immediately looks wrong. And like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It catches my eye in a way that like CGI from that time period too is like specifically like pretty crisp, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, that, that mech suit looks so, so weird at times uh, yeah. and that stuff. But yeah. Yeah. It was before CGI really broke out and was overused and bastardized almost to an effect. So, but it is like charming almost to it. It I, is. I, it's, this, hard to, but, it's hard to yeah. explain. Yeah. yeah, it just takes a it takes a nosedive in the the years after. So yeah, yeah, that's all I got. Sweet. Let's move on to you like me. You really like me. And I can't deny the fact that you like me right now. You like me. Oh boy. All right, we're talking awards. This movie got four Oscar nominations, which I was shocked uh, whenever doing the research for this because I again I like this movie. I was. It's a weird year for the the 2009 movies to be fair. Yeah. Um so yeah, uh all nominated, no winners. Um it was Bummer. nominated for best picture, which uh the, the I wanted to bring up the category for this and just like go through the nominations. It's mm-hmm. Avatar, The Blind Side, which I think was a weird nomination. Really? That got a best picture nom? Wow. District 9 <laughs> and Education <laughs> and Glorious Bastards. Precious based on the novel Pushed by Sapphire. Oh, boy. A Serious Man, Up and Up in the Air, which I don't know what that is either. Ooh, that's a George Clooney joint. Um, Yeah, it's so, so this is a weird year because... this and Hurt is, Locker, because that's Hurt Locker 1, right? Hurt Locker 1, Hurt, yes. Hurt Locker. And Hurt Locker 1, this was the big year in 2009 because Catherine Bigelow and James Cameron used to be married, and it was a battle between them about like best director and best picture. And everyone thought it was going to be James Cameron for avatar. And then it was Catherine Bigelow for director. And then she won best picture also. Yeah. Um, But this is a weird year for the Oscars because this is the first year 2009 was that they expanded the best picture from five to up to 10. Um, So that's when you get your weird, like I don't think district nine would have gotten a nomination. No. If, I don't think so either. If the field hadn't been expanded. So, and then like up in the air and 
Also, Inglorious Bastards, huge snub for Best Picture, but yeah, for real. I mean, crazy. Hurt Locker's a good movie; it's great, but I think Inglorious Bastards is probably better. But yeah, what can I say? Then it was, uh, yeah, also nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Visual Effects, and Best Film Editing, which is interesting because those are the effects mm. and the editing are stuff that we both didn't love at times. I think the yeah. editing is a weird one. I, I don't know. I think it's one of those movies where they're like, oh, there's a lot of editing. We should nominate yeah. it, despite <laughs> it being true. good or not good. Um, interesting. But I like the visual effects just maybe for the respect. Well, maybe it should have been a makeup and hairstyling nomination now that I'm thinking about it for like the the prosthetic stuff. The prosthetics. Yeah. I don't know what that, that falls cool. under, but I guess that falls under that. So interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Weird year at the Oscars. No nomination for Copley. Bummer. <laughs> super weird super weird yeah and yeah i feel like that's a huge snap because he was easily like the he best leads the movie that. like the movie totally. doesn't work if he's not on yeah. all cylinders totally golden odie time <gasps> i assume we're just going to continue this conversation of giving it to charlotte copley yeah let's do it um, amazing he's so good he is great and like i was looking back and i was like wow why don't i like did he have a moment like a, was there a charlotte copley moment and like there kind of was because like right after this, then he was in the A team, which was like a yeah. big old flop, but was like supposed to be <laughs> yeah. like, a, oh, it's Liam Neeson and Bradley Cooper. And like, um, so he was in that. But then he's in like all the other Blancamp movies. He's in yep. Chappie. He's uh-huh. in Elysium. So like he had a moment. He was in Maleficent, which I remember when you watched the wrong Maleficent The wrong movie. one. I thought about that the other day. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Um, and then this year or last year, he was in uh, that Idris Elba Beast movie where he just beats the shit oh. up of, of a lion. So like, cool. he's, he's still around. I'd love to see more of him, like in like more serious roles, I think. Cause there was a period around like this, this time where everyone really wanted him to play the Joker. And like, I don't think that's oh. going to happen now, but like, I feel like he could have done well on that. Wow. That would have been fun. Yeah. And post dark Knight too. It's yeah, exactly. Hmm. I don't know. I thought that would have been interesting. That would have been fun, but no, yeah. he's just a very, I don't know. He does a lot. Of, we talked about this last week with La La Land, but he does a lot just with his face without saying uh-huh. anything. He's got his eyes are doing a lot of work. He, he's a very physical actor, too. He's um, nailing a lot of the comedic beats that they're trying to get to, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. Like in the beginning, he's just a, a, a dunce. Like he's just an idiot, just like just walking around and it's the sweetie man. Great stuff. <laughs> and then he turns into a like an action hero. He does it all. And yeah, there's a, there's a lot of range in his role. It's, it's really good. Uh, Squeaker. Who did bad, Carter? Um, I guess I'll give this to um, the whatever the, the main guy's military guy is just for that one line reading. Um, that is pretty bad. I guess I'll, I'll give it to him. But also maybe I'll give it to the Johannesburg government because. Fair. <laughs> not a good look for making a concentration camps for these guys. But uh True. But I guess I'll I'll give it to that. And maybe the voodoo woman. I'll give a squeaker award too. Cause... Yeah, I was gonna give it to the sketchy arms dealer Nigerian yeah. guy. Just cause like all of that feels so wrong. I just it's very one note. It. Yeah. It's super weird. And it honestly takes up way too much time. It does. It does. I don't know. It, it's it's unnecessary to an extent. <laughs> I agree. But... I'm with you. <laughs> Um, let's move on to Surely You Can't Be Serious. Surely You Can't Be Serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Oh, boy. I got lots of trivia for you. Something Hit interesting, me. actually. 
Um, the clicking communication that the aliens make was made from rubbing on a pumpkin. <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> they rubbed That's on so it and weird. made the clicking sound. That's uh, great. This movie was the first documentary style film to be nominated for the Best Picture Oscar. Oh, interesting. Even though it was like a mockumentary type yeah. deal. Yeah, hmm. documentary style film. Interesting. So, Very yeah. cool. Yeah. The, hmm. Um, we talked about this a couple times, but uh because of the Nigerian like uh portrayal as like gangsters and cannibals, the film is actually banned in Nigeria. The government oh, was really? like, This is fucked up. And honestly, I, I don't necessarily uh, disagree might, with them. Might be with them there. Yeah. Hmm. Um yeah, as part of the as part of the marketing campaign in North America and the United Kingdom, posters were put up in major cities on bus stops, the sides of buildings, and uh, other designated areas, um, saying like this place is restricted for humans only with a number to call like the like anti alien Oh, task cool. force or whatever right marketing um in order to report non-humans uh the title of the film was not included so it was kind of like this like what oh is interesting deal which i think is pretty interesting that's cool the idea of prawns being obsessed with cat food came from two uh inspirations um one would be that in johannesburg uh blonde camp would see like people selling cheese puffs on the side of like the road and like snack foods and stuff like that um, and wanted to have like a similar like cheap food for like the the prawns to buy. Mm. Um, and he also, whenever he went to Vancouver, he talked to like fishermen who like used cat food to catch um, like fish and stuff. Oh, weird. Hmm. So it's like this weird, like super weird reference. It's kind of like played for jokes the whole time, yeah. which is like maybe like a negative towards it. It's very funny at first when it's like, what is that tear gas? And he's like, no, it's cat food. Cat food. Like he throws it. I don't know. Super weird. Um, the mutilated animal carcasses in the background of many scenes were real. <laughs> oh, oh. Um, because with a few exceptions, they were filming in real slums and the shacks like were uh, real yeah. that they used to film. So like all of that stuff was like oh, actually that's, there. That's gross. Like when they walk into like the eggs, like yeah, in, with the cows hanging. Oh yeah, yeah. Like that that's stuff gross. is like. By the way, you know, fuck, fucked up scene when he's just like, and I'm just gonna kill these babies by pulling yeah. these out of the eggs. <laughs> that is really fucked up. Yikes. Um, eugenics, fucked up. Yeah, don't like that. <laughs> Um, the creatures used in the small fighting arena, like where they have like the like chicken fight, but with like those creatures. Oh yeah, were meant to be things. rodents uh, slash pests that were aboard the ship and like bred and moved down to the slums, which I think is pretty neat. Some lore. Yeah. Um, Charlotte Copley ad libbed all of his lines during the documentary sequences. Oh, that's which I think amazing. is really cool. Wow. Good for him, man. See, like, give this guy. This guy. He good, did a should... lot. This guy should win an Oscar for something someday. Yeah. Man, cool. Um, The alien ship was on Earth for 28 years, which I think is pretty interesting, just contextual within the story. Um, When Vickis cuts the cake-shaped, uh, like the MNU headquarters uh-huh. at the party, that is the actual location in which they blow up the building and enter within the story later. Oh. Oh. Which is pretty fun. Oh, interesting. Oh, so the okay. place that he cuts into is the place that like explodes. That's cool. Later in the movie, which is like super weird. And like, I, I don't know. I like when directors do little stuff like That's that. A cool little detail. Go Neil. 
Um, oh, near the, and this is the final one I have. Near the end of the film, when Vickis's wife is like talking to the camera and holding the flower made of metal, several ultrasound images can be seen on the mirror behind her, suggesting that she may be pregnant, which oh, is pretty cool. Interesting. Again, kind of like hinting at like this. Like, I, I kind of am interested to see if they do a sequel. Mm-hmm. Just because I feel like they have like enough set up to oh, do something with it. But there's like, a lot. But then like maybe if you do a sequel, like are you mixing does your it, message? Like, like yeah. does your message get to get muddied like through through just like doing... Yeah, does it does it upend your ambiguous ask and an ending? Yeah. Yeah. And like what commentary are you doing in the sequel? Like is it updated? Is it I don't know, maybe you could do some like build the wall stuff to <laughs> maybe stuff. you can do some stuff to reflect like the modern politics i guess of south africa a little bit more maybe but i don't know i think that's kind of interesting hmm. interesting yeah. those were fun facts i like the pumpkin one the most i think that's <laughs> oh awesome. great we started off with the banger then yeah you did um, good job the bechdel test carter does this movie pass the bechdel test i would think no there's not a lot yeah, of women definitely in this not. movie <laughs> unless there there's some female prawns oh there's that there. there's that one female prawn who like pisses on them um other than that, it's just his wife, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's like just his wife. Tough. Does this pass the Rick Dalton meme test? Yeah. In yeah. like the first five minutes of the movie. Totally. Like no one knows what goes on in District 9. You're like, banger, title card, drop. Well done. Excellent. And now I think this believes, uh, leads us to the list is life. Holy cow, it is. Um. Oh, but I always like to ask before, like, is this a date movie? Did you watch it with oh. Abby? I did watch it with Abby. Abby was not as big on it as I was, which is fair, but I do feel bad because I've been talking about watching this movie for like since we started dating and we've just finally got around to it. And she was mm-hmm. like, this is what you wanted to show me. I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, it's tough. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Amazing. Okay. Let's go to the list is life. The list is an absolute good. The list is life. Um, we've got 17 movies soon to be 18 now, Jackson, um, talking with you today, like how I did with you with Butch Cassidy, Mm -hmm. um, in a reverse way, I think you've lowered district nine for me in a good way. No, 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 no. I'm still saying it's a good, really awesome movie. Okay. But in in my head now, I feel like, like, I feel like it's going to be towards the bottom of our list. I think it probably will also. Uh Uh-huh. So do you think, well, let me just start, at, I guess let's just start at the bottom. Is it better than Superbad? Uh, it's so different than Superbad. It's very different. <laughs> there's some funny, there's some funny moments. I think Superbad has more rewatchability, but there's also more like, uh, that's really tough, actually. Carter, I want to defer to you oh, on gosh. this. How about that? Um, but I think I ranked super bad higher. Okay. I will say, well, I'm going to say this. I don't think it's, I think it should be below Mr. Smith goes to Washington. I'm going to okay. float. I'm going to float that out. Fair there. enough. Oh gosh. I think I'm going to go purely off just my star rating. Now it's probably sitting at like four or four and a half for me now. So I think I'm going to put it above super bad. Okay. Let's do that. Okay. And we might revisit that in a couple episodes when we're reshuffling all these things, but totally. But yeah, I think I'm going to put that there for now. And who knows, tomorrow I'll probably wake up and be like, "Oh, District 9 is still a five-star movie banger." But 
I feel bad I, I tore it down for you a little bit. No, no, you enlightened my brain of okay. things that I hadn't because again, I hadn't watched it since college and I I don't think the white savior narratives and things were I didn't obviously didn't pick up that much either like the first time I watched it in high school. It's yeah. it's definitely like a new context in watching it, which I, I enjoyed. Yeah. Um kind of getting a refreshing take on it too. For sure. Awesome. So District Nine sits at 17 out of 18 films and two more. We will have a little bonus episode and go revisit, see if anything is astray. Um, amazing. I don't think we have any uh, actors added on here. No. Nope. Um, I think it'll be the last time we see Charlotte Copley. Um, Sadly. Which is a bummer, unless we want to add Elysium to our RCR. Top <laughs> I'm good. 100. I don't think we need to. Yeah, I'm good too. Matt Damon's bald. It's a good time. All right. Um, Jackson, cinephile, buddy. Yeah. All right. Let me draw. So just to recap, we are in the final round for Scarlett Johansson to be put into the Hall of Fame. Ooh, if she if she lasts, we'll, we'll retire her and bring in two new people the next time we do this. Uh, and week one, she defeated Will Ferrell. And mm-hmm. week two, she defeated Ralph Fiennes. Which and was a tough battle. Tough battle. I agree. And then this week, we have Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, Jackson Carter. <laughs> I'm just going to go. Uh, this is a tough look for Scarlett Johansson because <gasps> Philip Seymour Hoffman is one of my favorite actors of all time. He's just like, uh, it sucks that he, we lost him so early, but this man, I, I have not watched a movie that he's in where I'm just like absolutely captivated by Philip Seymour Hoffman. He's great. He's amazing. And like, you know, he did the, like, he did the Johansson stuff too, like where he he latched onto a franchise for a minute. It was like one of his final roles. He was in Hunger Games. He uh-huh. had that. But then, you know, he's in all these PTA movies. You know, he's in Boogie Nights. He's in The Master. He shows up in Moneyball for a hot minute True. as the as the like the team manager or the coach or the team manager. He's in a Mission Impossible movie. He's one of the best villains in one of those. A Magnolia, he's amazing. He won an Oscar for Capote. Scarlett Johansson does not have an Oscar. Um, what else can I say? He's in Twister. Uh, Big Lebowski. Big Lebowski. Talented Mr. Ripley. That's a banger of a movie. Um, he can do it. He's funny. He can play comedies. I don't know if you've ever watched. Um, it's not Big Daddy. Along Came Polly. I have not seen Along Came Polly, but I've seen clips of him in it. He's just amazing. Uh, Punch Drunk Love is some stuff I've seen him in too. Yes, yeah, so when he's talking on the phone, yelling at yeah. yelling at people, he's like, "Shut the fuck up." Shut the fuck like <laughs> amazing. Along came Polly. He's playing basketball. He's really bad. He does a performance of Godspell. He's just really good. So my vote's going to Philip Seymour Hoffman. Personally. Really? Yeah, wow. I think so. But you can sell me off. off and if What's you, his like best like leading man movie though? Probably Capote. Uh, he plays Truman Capote. He uh, who was an author. Um, he interviewed people in prisons and he like, it's a, like a, one of those transformation roles. He does a voice. He embodies them. That was in like 2005. He won the Oscar for it. Um, and then also, but probably the master actually, which he didn't win an Oscar for, but him and Joaquin are like co-leads and he like runs like this weird religious cult and like gets Joaquin to like join it. And he's like cool. this very domineering and persuasive presence. Um, He's just really amazing. Magnolia, he has scene stealing moments where he's just like is weeping from Tom Cruise's acting. And it's like some of the best stuff in that scene, too. 
anyway, that's my that's my uh myself. If you want to overthrow, if you want to overthrow ScarJo, it's so tough because I think ScarJo belongs in our Hall of Fame, but I also think that we <laughs> can't eliminate Philip Seymour Hoffman because he's one of the best to ever do it. Ah, uh, but my vote's going to Philip. I'm sorry. Wow. I'm so so sorry. Wow. Should we like? I don't know. Should we put them both in? I don't know what to do. <laughs> no, it's over. Scarlett Johansson's killed. You did it. All right. You dethroned well, her. And for once, Jackson is not the woman hater on the pod. It's Carter yeah. today. Sorry, everyone. Hey, if you haven't checked out Philip Seymour Hoffman's work, go check out The Master and uh, go check out, um, I don't know, Boogie Nights. Go check out Boogie Nights. He's hilarious in Boogie Nights. Uh, amazing stuff. Love it. Um, okay, Jackson, are you feeling lucky? You could ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Yes. Okay, um, we are one through 82 now. And we will put the random number generator. Number 20, which corresponds to... 1975 Jackson Monty Python and the Holy Ooh. Grail we're getting our comedy fix I on I've never seen this amazing this is on Netflix for all the people sweet um and this will be not next week because we will be covering Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Media next week mm-hmm. uh so the week after that I think unless we want to cover Cocaine Bear which we'll talk about briefly maybe <laughs> maybe not a full episode on Cocaine Bear I don't know if I want to go to the theaters to see Cocaine Bear that sounds feels like a streamer VOD yeah movie. but I don't know I might <laughs> go see it respectfully respectfully all respect to Elizabeth Banks and your production team over there at Cocaine Bear and shout out to Ray Liotta uh final on-screen performance I think um wonderful um how about a quick fantasy filmography update before we get yes i had a great pickup today that i think needs to be discussed yes you did would you like to like to share for the people what yeah i picked up tetris which is an apple tv streamer the trailer just came out today um about like the recruitment and like popularization of the tetris game brought to this like the attention of this guy who like became obsessed with it um played by uh Edgar, Taron Egerton, yeah, um, who looks like he's just having a blast in this role. I yes. I am very excited for it. I immediately checked with Carter to see if it was draftable, and it was. So I dropped Civil War from my A twenty four spot, and then I slid my I saw the TV glow up to there, and then I put this bad boy in my wild card spot. So I'm feeling pretty good about that pickup. I feel very pretty solid, very strategic. Yeah, it looks like a fun trailer. I love Taron Egerton, so I'm excited for that. That is coming out in March. Uh, so we'll, that'll be at South by Southwest. So we'll get to see some reviews for that soon ish. Um, this week, uh, we have in first place still is, uh, David with his four films soon to be five in a couple, in a couple weeks uh, in March. I know he's really just <laughs> getting all of these out of the way. Um, he's a volume shooter for sure. Um, he's in first with 123 points. Uh, then in second place now is Cody. Uh, who uh, is having uh, the premiere of Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey this weekend in theaters. Uh-oh. So he's got some reviews for that. Going for the Film Bro Award there, for sure. Is not uh, looking good. Well, he is currently the leader in Film Bro, the Film Bro Award at the at the moment. And actually, in second place in that award, which I'll get to now, uh, in third place is Matt, who has just entered the competition this week. 
With Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania is the second worst performing film right now. Um, as far as you know, reviews go. As for far critics. as, like, you know, there's it's no rotten, problem. right? It's rotten right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, in, in terms of that, I mean, there's like 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. Winnie the Pooh, yeah. Blood and Honey has like a 15%. Jeez. But the audience cool. score, Jackson, is like 60% as of this moment. Okay. So the, the fans love Winnie the Pooh. Um, no uh, audience scores yet for Ant-Man as that uh, does its world premiere tonight. Uh, so fans will get to see that uh, Thursday night. So expect some box office boost for that and some audience reactions. So that'll yeah. likely bump up. Um, yeah, I do got to say like the other rotten Marvel movie is Eternals and both of us kind of like that. So maybe we'll yeah. come out a little bit more optimistic. I feel like phase four or i guess it's technically phase five actually so we're out of phase four officially Mm this will be like going forward this is maybe the tone or what to expect or who knows what but yeah we'll see we'll We'll see see. and we'll be talking about it next week so we'll we'll do a deep dive in it for you um and i i misspoke uh matt's in last place currently i should have okay um with with just those low numbers for one movie so he's in last. Uh, in third place is me with my one infinity pool, just standing strong. Then in fourth is Jeff with You Hurt My Feelings. Don't have uh, distribution yet for that, so that'll get wide release eventually. And then in last is Matt with Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. And uh, to look forward to next week is uh, obviously the performances of Winnie the Pooh and uh, Ant-Man. And then we'll get some early reviews for the next movie, which will be Cocaine Bear. Sweet. And yeah, and that's Jeff's movie. So we'll get some returns for that as well. And with that, Jackson, we done. We did it. We've left the district and we're on to district 10, I guess. Um, Amazing. Jackson. Amazing. Where can the people follow us on Instagram? They can follow us on Instagram at roughcut underscore pod. Give us a follow. Look for our notifications. Check our links in our bio because we have a link tree that will take you to all the newest episodes, our blog, and our Twitter, which is at roughcut underscore co. Check us out. Follow us. And uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Exciting stuff on the way. Lots of fun projects Jackson and I are working on. Uh uh Who knows when we'll get to share those with you, but uh look forward to uh the future so yeah yeah go to your cinema check out ant-man and come back to us next week and we'll see you then bye in case i don't see you good afternoon good evening and good night